Welcome to Indie Insider, presented by Blackshell Media. This is the weekly show where we speak with indie video game developers, publishers, and industry professionals about their projects, their stories, and their advice to others. I'm your host, Logan Schultz, and today on the show I sit down with Hans von Porakel, Executive Manager of Sodesco, an indie video game publisher and distributor. We chat about the history of the young company, the pros and cons of Steam, giving a game a physical retail release, and, of course, his advice for others. Hans even spills the beans on Sodesco's involvement with the Nintendo Switch. Before we get to the interview, however, a couple of quick notes. This show is presented by Blackshell Media, a publishing and marketing firm working to help indie developers reach their goals and new audiences. The company also strives to offer unique, inspiring, and even educational services for developers, publishers, and gamers alike, which is why we get to bring this show to you. Speaking of which, be sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes and other podcast services across the internet, and please leave a review. If you'd like to be a part of the show and share your thoughts, questions, or even request a professional to bring on the podcast, send me an email at logan at blackshellmedia.com or reach out on Twitter at Logan A. Schultz. Finally, special thanks to Hans for joining us on the show, Esther for helping put this together, and Benjamin Tiso over at bensound.com for allowing us to use his song, Going Higher, in the show. And now, the executive manager of Sedesco, Hans von Brackel. The first title we released was at the end of 2014. Uh, we released um, in retail Asimov's Ensemble and Teslagrad. Uh, basically, before that, the company did purely distribution. Uh, I was at that time at the sister company of uh, Sudesco called uh, Global Distribution. And that was purely a distribution company. So, uh, uh, for example... Uh, in the Benelux back then, they were responsible for the distribution of Capcom. So I did uh, support in marketing, PR, and social media uh, ways. Um, uh, at that time, uh, the market was changing quickly. PS4 was coming out, Xbox One was coming out. Um, so at one point, we basically sat down and looked like, what's, what's the next step? Um, uh, because, of course, with digital coming up, markets are getting physical market getting smaller we kind of needed to decide what we were going to do and one of the problems we always had was that we were dependent on other publishers uh, i mean if we got a good title distribution was great but they were not really um uh they ne they never uh have an like uh, that you do one title of them doesn't mean you get the second one as well it, it, it depends on a lot of factors so sure we wanted to stand more on our own. Uh, so doing more in publishing was, was a way to do that. Then we looked at the market and we saw that uh, with every new generation, new publishers were coming up. We saw that when PS2 came out, we saw that when PS3 came out, and with PS4, the same thing. There was only one major difference, and that was at this time the publishers that came 
on the scene were digital only. So we had basically two ways to go. We could say, okay, we're going to compete with them. We're going to invest a lot in new products. We are going to do experience in the digital market, or we're going to start with uh, physical publishing of indie games. There were a lot of indie games that came out only in the digital market. So, Mm -hmm. um, and we saw that there was no, back then, there was no small publisher that said, let us do physical distribution for for you. So because of our background in that, and because of we basically saw an opportunity into the market, we started with uh, doing that. So I changed with from global distribution to Sudesco, and I started with getting our platform holder contracts, getting in touch with developers and stuff like that. And the first we signed for retail were Tesla Grot and Awesome Nuts. Uh, and that went really well. Uh, we, opened, we opened up a lot of new territories. Uh, we signed a lot more titles. Uh, we signed Jana Sisters, The Lost Tinker. Uh, we even were one of the first in many years that got a contract with Microsoft as well for physical distribution. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so from there we kind of build up our business, and uh, with the good results in that and the experience we got on that, we decided to expand because, of course, doing physical distribution is nice. It 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 makes money for us, and we bring cool, good games to new audience. But of course, future is in digital distribution <laughs> as well. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we did is we uh, went to Vertigo Games. They worked in the past with um, uh, uh, with Playlogic and Iceberg Interactive with, on Adam's Venture. And we asked them if they had any plans to work on Adam's Venture again. And they basically said that they want to work on it, but it was not in their own strategy and they didn't have the funding. Uh, so we bought their IP and we said, then you can uh, uh, make the new version. Uh, so we released in April Adam's Venture Origins, which was basically our first project we fully funded of our own. Oh, wow. uh, so we did the digital and the physical version. Uh, besides that, we released uh, uh, Nero, which came out very early on Xbox One, and we released it on PS4 and PC. Uh, We released a couple of smaller indie games on Steam, uh, and indeed recently uh, Rose, uh, uh, which we do both the digital and the physical. So we started out with just doing the physical editions of a lot of indie games, and we expanded in a lot of territories. I mean, our games are going to Australia, to Middle East, to, uh, I mean, we're Europe-based, so North America, South America. Sure. So we have a pretty nice distribution network, and on top of that, uh, we now have, we now do projects of our own, we do porting projects, uh, we do some traditional publishing deals, so yeah, that's in short kind of our story. Yeah, Uh, I I like it a lot, thank you for sharing. So... It seems like Sodesco is doing pretty darn well. Then is that right? Uh, yeah, that's uh, 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 that's right. Um, um, is, is that how it, it feels? Does it feel like you guys are doing pretty well? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it. I mean, when we started, um, 
And I, I emailed to the guys from Rain Games, like I started doing Tesla Grot, let's do a retail version. And one of the first emails were, what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> what, what, why? Is this even is this even going to make us some money? Uh, and now we get developers coming to us and say, hey, I saw you, do, you were doing this and this game. Um, uh, can we talk about doing this as well? So we see like a whole change dynamic. I mean, when I went first... I went to Gamescom before for B2B, but first time I went to Gamescom for Sudesco was 2014. In every meeting, I had to explain who we were, what we wanted, why we wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And now that's now everyone knows, and uh, uh, we can immediately go into the, the fun stuff. Can we talk about the opportunities? <laughs> uh, sure. and, and besides that, developers are really happy with the results. I mean, Tesserot was our first game, and even though we did well, it was our first game, so we could have done a lot of things better. Uh, but still, we did well enough that they said, okay, we're now having Road to the West next year. Let's do that one as well. Well, let me ask you this, because obviously, um, you know, the company did start as physical distribution and then has moved into a mix of physical and digital. Uh, are you finding that you see um, kind of the same returns or similar returns on um, digitally published games? Or games that don't get a physical release. Uh, I guess I'm just asking because I'm curious about, from a business side, what that looks like. What digital distribution has has meant for publishers? Um, the if you do both and you release at the same time, you always uh, make uh, mar- make much more uh, money than if you do only digital. Okay, um, it's because of a couple of reasons. Is that uh, a lot of the problems indie publishers and indie developers have is that there is some kind of <coughs> um, general way of thinking that an indie game can never be more expensive than $20. Sure, interesting. Which makes no sense at all because <laughs> if you make something for half a million or a million or even more money, selling it for 15 euros is crazy. And when you add a boxed copy to that, people automatically have the feeling that it's worth more. That's an interesting insight. Um, And besides that, um, your marketing output is so much bigger. Um, I mean, um, in Germany, for example, we have a 100% uh, entrance into the market. So basically every retailer can get, will list and sell our games. That means, for example, that the media market, which has, I think, 500 stores there, uh, will always sell our games. So if you imagine that if, if they take only two pieces per platform and put it into the stores and in the first week of sales per day, 10 people see it, which is not that much, but do that multiply with seven days and do it multiply with the amount of stores the media market has, then you have a huge output in uh, uh, in marketing, which basically you get money for. Sure, that makes sense to me. So the, and besides that, you have a little bit of smaller outputs, like if you look on Instagram and you type in a couple of the titles we did, like Either One or Genesis, that you see a lot of people posting their copies on Instagram. They cannot do that with a digital game. So, so the splash of going together with both digital and retail always brings in a bit more. Of course, 
in the long run, if you have a successful release, digital brings in more, much more than physical. But on the other hand, uh, physical makes sure that you cover a lot of your risk at day one because you get the money of what you sell to distributors and not what you sell to gamers. Right, makes sense. That's an interesting uh, take on it, I guess, thinking about physical releases, almost a bit of a marketing ploy, just getting those physical releases out there. Tell me just a little bit about you, Hans. Let's switch to you for just a little bit. Um, you are the executive manager at Sony yes. Um You told me just a little bit before we started that part of what you do is actually signing developers to Sodesco. Yes. What does that process look like? How do you decide, you know, what indie developers to partner with? Um, Well, that process changed a little bit um, because when we started, uh, already a lot of indie games came out. So... On the one hand, it was pretty easy because uh, I just went some games. I mean, I'm a gamer myself, so a lot of those games I already knew. So when we started with this, I basically went into my own hat and said, oh yeah, those were cool indie games. Let's uh, contact them and let's explain what we want to do. And then uh, uh, if they want to do it, let's let's do it. Um, so basically, I went to see what what. What did I think? What did the press think? What's the digital price? Because of course, the digital and the retail price can differ too much. Sure. Uh, so then there is that. But now um, um, it's become on the one hand harder and on the one other hand more fun because the difficulty we had was that making press and making distributors enthusiastically about games that already came out digitally a year ago or longer was uh, was a tough call. Sure. Um, now they know that we deliver them quality stuff. So now it isn't. But in the beginning, it was very tough to say, trust us, it will work out. Yes, it came out. But you, <laughs> physical, physicals for different audience and digital. So you will sell just, etc. So that was difficult. Now they know that it will work. So now they don't mind. But on the other hand, now we're doing games that hasn't came out yet. So we now more than before, we um, um, uh, it depends on, on what it is. Of course, uh, when we signed World to the West with Rain Games, I played the game before we signed. But uh, um, um, I know them very well and I know they deliver quality. So the chance that we would have signed that game didn't really raise after I played the game. It's always sure. good to do it out of like, uh, uh, you never know what's going on. <laughs> but th- the bottom line is you look at quality developers and what they have done in the past and what type of game they're making. And uh, uh, then you make the decision to contact them and th- then you move on from there. Um uh, The only difference now is that we know a little bit better what works and what doesn't work in retail. Uh, even though we had a lot of experience, some some things were still guesses and some things worked out really well and some uh, worked out a bit less. And now we know a bit better. So now we can, or I can search a bit more specific. Uh, we've had some publishers on the show before. Uh, and I'm kind of curious because you mentioned um, Adam's Venture, right? You signed them on and um, kind of allowed them to make that game from scratch. Is that right? Yes. Um, how hands-on is... Sodesco as a company um, 
when a developer is developing a game that they've already signed on for. Do you guys have a heavy hand in the development process? Um, not on the creative side. Sure. Uh, on the creative side, if you talk about uh, uh, story-specific, gameplay-specific, stuff like that, then we're not. Um, but there are a couple of things we have in-house experience with, in-house um, uh, um, uh, quality people that know about that, and then we do a bit more. Um, for example, UI. Uh, uh, UI is not really a matter of, 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 of creativity. UI is a matter of what works best for gamers. Sure. So if you talk about stuff like that, then yes, if you talk about the sp specific creative stuff, then no. I mean, the developer knows best. It's their idea. It's their, uh, 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 it came out of their head. So who are we to say that it needs to be different? That's also why we, we, I mean, it was part of the deal, of course, but we want to do, let Vertigo do the new Adam's Venture because they thought about making Adam's Venture. So they know best how to move on with it. Mm-hmm. So for the indie developers out there listening to this, if they're listening and they're thinking, oh, Sodesco sounds like a great publishing company, oh, I'd love to work with them, what's the checklist of things that you know they need to have ready if they want to work with a company like you someday? Um, well, um, uh, um, like I said, there are a lot of different things we do. Sure. Uh, if there is a developer that has very, very simple, an awesome PS4 game that's already launched or almost launched and they're looking for physical distribution to cover, then we're always willing to talk. That's, that's the most easy part. Of course, we're focusing more on digital, but we're still doing that and we still like to do that. So that's the easy part. Um, if they come, if they have like a PowerPoint with seven sheets that end with "we need half a million, then go to somewhere one else. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I get those way too much. Sure. Um, but for example, um, 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 if they're in the process, uh, well, to give you an example, I, I recently had a discussion with a developer that's working on. Uh, a new game that um, they wanted to do with us the physical distribution and they said uh, we're delivering PS4 Xbox One PC um, um, uh, let's do physical distribution and we were almost ready for a deal and then they came back to us and they said uh, yeah there is a chance our investment is falling through oh. so we cannot deliver on the console version uh, um, so I said well no problem, let's just figure out how it's going with your investment. And when you know, we can always go for a plan B. So for example, that they finish the PC version and we do the port and then we do physical distribution. Interesting, okay. So that's an option as well. Um, uh, in general, we're more for, because that's what we do well, we're more for the combination. So... It doesn't have to be a one or two million dollar game, but if it's a game where a developer says, I feel comfortable with the production quality that if a publisher says, let's sell it for 15 or 20 euros on the digital platforms, then I would be willing to talk. Uh, if it's more of a smaller game, 
then we'll never say never, but uh, it's not really in our strategy to do that anymore uh, because theme is so difficult then that I don't really feel comfortable doing it. I mean, I don't want to be the guy that takes two, three years of someone's life, put it on Steam, and then just see it crash and burn. Sure. We we make some money of it in the long run, but the developer does not, and I don't like that. So we're not really doing that. So we're focusing on multi-platform. We're focusing on the little bit of little bit bigger games, and that's that. That's it. That's something that I want to pick your brain about. Um, you mentioned that Steam is difficult. What do you think about the digital marketplaces that you guys, you know, really work with? Um, well, um, in general, with Steam is difficult. It's also good to elaborate that it also means that it also uh, depends on your strategy. Sure. If you need to make money on day one, then Steam is not only difficult, it's horrible. Um, if you have a game like Old Boy with scores nines and which has great PR and which then it works out. Steam is still a great place where quality will drive to the top of the charts. Yeah. But if you're not that one in a hundred, one in a five hundred game, then just go to Steam and to Steam alone is very challenging. So, but on the other hand. If you do, for example, that's why we do it like that. If you go out at three platforms at one, if you go out physical and digital at the same time, then, and you have a good release timing, then you will make good money on every platform. It's just that Steam takes a little bit longer to pick up. You always hear about Steam being kind of this marketplace that's so flooded with, you know, great projects, which is, you know, both a good and a bad thing. So it's interesting to hear it from... um, the publisher perspective, I suppose. Yeah, that's, well, that's uh, true. Like what we do in general, we say we, we, we don't, um, um, we're not scared to ask the price we think should be on the game. We don't, we never do 10, 12, 15 because we say, oh, the competition on Steam did that as well. So we need to, no, we look at the game, we say, What's the quality? How much content is in there? And then we ask the price that's right. And then that means that on Steam, sometimes people think it's too expensive. But at least you sell it on console because console is much less um, uh, vulnerable for low prices. Uh, And then on Steam, people will put it on their wish list. And then when you price it down, people will buy it anyway. So you need a bit more time on Steam, but you'll get there. Do you find that the consoles usually sell better than Steam, or is it just kind of a more concentrated audience, or what do you think that is? I mean, uh, 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 this is, of course, different for every developer, but um, um, for us, console always sells better than Steam. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Sodesco now in the current day. Um, You told me the story. You told me kind of how this young budding company has come together. Tell me a little bit about um, where you guys are at now. What are some of the projects you guys are working on? What are some of the things that you're excited about? Um, Well, um, um, of course, it's not really in the future, but still a lot of of excitement was around uh, Rose. 
uh, it took a long time to get that out on Xbox One and PS4, but um, we were very happy to do it. I mean, um, uh, we're from the Netherlands and it's one of the best selling indie games in the Netherlands. So wow. um, um, we were very happy to bring that game to console and it's doing really well. We're very happy with the first results. So uh, we're still very excited to see how that will progress in the coming months. This is, of course, the game... Um R-E-U-S, is that pronounced Rouse, is that right? Yes, it's Rouse. Uh, it's basically the... Um, um, it's it's basically the Dutch... The, uh, the Dutch name for Giant. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, it's a game with a, um, a small planet and you control the giants around yes. the planet that, that kind of shape it and uh, you develop this planet uh, to your will, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so cool. that... So that was awesome. Uh, in in November, uh, we're doing team the physical version of Team Park Studios, which is very nice because it's basically a Minecraftish version of a Team Park game. You already okay. see uh, uh, screenshots online from people that uh, have built Disney uh, 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 Disney Park from Paris, uh, stuff like that. So that's great, and you can ride your. Your, go to your team park in VR, so that's that's great to do as well. Uh, and then for next year, I mean, I already mentioned it before, but Tesla was one of our first games. We, we were very happy with Rain Games to give us the opportunity to get into the market. And we're very happy that they are happy enough to let us do their second game as well. And I've seen a lot of it, and it, it's coming along great. Sure, that's uh, World to the West, right? Yes. Your second game? Yes. Yes. Um, besides that, um, 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 uh, we delayed Urblock a bit, but it's a great Western take on an RPG. So, which is nice for us is that besides it's our games I personally like, you already see that what we did before and what we do now, that they're all a little bit of bigger projects. Sure, we like, yeah. we, we released Wuppa on Steam, which is doing great and it's amazing. I mean, 120 Steam reviews and they're all positive. So that's amazing. But in general, we like to do a little bit of bigger projects. And with the first things we revealed, you already see that going on. Uh, and besides that, personally, I'm very excited for uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, and, we're okay. already and we're already working on some stuff for that as well. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, wow. So, okay. so that's that's... Something I both, from a business point and personally, look, look, I'm looking forward to. So, um, just to to pick on that a little bit, I'm sure you can't talk too much about it. But um, is that the first time that you'll be on a Nintendo console? Um, well, we did um, um, the physical version of Tesla Rotten Wheel. Okay. So we did that, and besides that, we haven't done any before, but that's mainly because we started with our own, or basically our own funded games, uh, when already the first news of Annex was coming. Uh, I mean, Adam's for the Wii U was basically not powerful enough to run Adam's Venture Origins. Uh, oh. The same was for Nero, and um, uh, with Rose we had some delays. And if we were were deciding to go for Wii U, it would have taken only more time. But now we have so much more 
projects uh, lining up and a lot more time that we have a lot more opportunities to bring stuff to Nintendo's console. Sure. And and you make it sound like, um, and I'm sure you can't talk about it too much, but the Switch is uh, at least more powerful than the Wii U, so some of your projects can actually run on this a bit better. Yes. Sure. All right. Well, I won't try and get you in trouble talking about the Nintendo Switch just yet, uh, <laughs> but obviously it's something we're all very excited about. So I'm excited to hear that Sodesco is going to be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think everyone sh- should be excited about it because now with the opportunity to get your games relatively cheap cross-platform, adding a new platform in general makes making a game less risky. Um, you did mention uh, Theme Park Studio. That's a VR game? Uh, well, partially. It's it's ba- it's mainly focused uh, not on VR, so just building uh, theme parks, stuff like that. But it has the extra opportunity of when you're done and when you share your park with others to also go in, put on your VR glasses and go in the parks and look at it yourself. Oh, all right. Uh, what does Sodesco think about VR? Is that something you guys are interested in um, exploring more in the future? That's a hard question. Uh, <laughs> exploring more in the future, yes. Um, making a VR-only game, no. And um, um, uh, going for something that has normal NVR only if it works well and not as a gimmick. All right. That's actually a, a solid answer. I appreciate that. No problem. Answer. That's good. Um, but I, then I have to ask... Why is it that you aren't really interested in a VR-only title? Well, um, um, uh, there are sort of two ways to answer that question. One way is from a gamer point perspective, I would love to do a VR-only title. Mm -hmm. Uh, From a business perspective, I don't think you can make enough money with it to make it worth or well. Sure. Makes sense. I mean, for the big, bigger publishers, it's not only to make money, it's also to show gamers like we support new stuff and we can make awesome stuff with that. So that alone brings us so much PR value that it's worth for them to make it. Um, um, besides that, we don't have our own in-house studio, so we don't have people to experiment with it and stuff like that. Um, so... We need to take a very hard look and say, with the small budget we have available, how can we get relatively fast return on investment? And then also, when, how do we, what do we expect that invest of that return in investment to be? And with the small install base of VR, I don't see that to be VR in the near future. That makes sense. That's fair enough, especially from the business perspective. I think that's um, that's a, a respectful answer. That's good. <laughs> well, uh, if you don't mind, at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests to kind of gather up their thoughts and experience and all their stories and come up with some sort of advice, uh, a piece of advice they can share with our listening audience to all those aspiring developers out there. Um, what's something that you've learned working with Sodesco in the past couple of years that would be good advice for others? Um, that's a very hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's hard to narrow it down to one specific thing. but uh... the, the, the main thing um, um, I learned is that um, try to, in a very early stage, 
cons- try to look at a very early stage at your game and think how would this work in the market um, um, new five shared new numbers 500 games per per month come out on steam yeah so if you're just going to make the game you think will work means that it doesn't only one every well one maybe two maybe three a year will be made like that and will rise out above the crowd (laughs) so take a good look at the market see what people want in the market and try to combine what you want to make with what the market wants never just make what the market wants because the own creativity of the developers it's what is what making powerful games so never put that away completely but definitely should look at the market to give a small example don't make local co-op multiplayer game (laughs) because everything that's going to happen is that people on steam are going to complain that there's no online and if you're going to make online it takes you 60 percent of your development time and you need to compete with call of duty battlefield all the other big ones yeah so just don't do it. So that's basically it. Oh, and look at console. Console's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Hans von Brackel, the executive manager at Sodesco. Um, Hans, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. Uh, I really like Sodesco's work. Um, obviously, I've worked with you guys through Bego Games for a while. So uh, thank you for coming on and chatting with me. I appreciate it. No problem. Always like to do it. Of course, Indie Insider is presented by Blackshell Media, another indie publishing company. Um, They're out there just to help, you know, help get games to the gamers and help developers um, make their games. So uh, uh, you can always find them online, blackshellmedia.com or on Twitter at blackshellmedia. Uh, Of course, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to... um, you know, send in a comment or a question or request somebody to be on the show, shoot me an email, logan at blackshellmedia.com or connect with me on Twitter at Logan A. Schultz. I'm always happy to chat there as well. Hans, if people want to follow your work, if they want to follow the work of Sodesco, how do they find you guys on those interwebs? Uh, Well, they can also always follow me on Twitter. It's um, first letter of my first name. Uh, And I'm Braco... 1991 um, uh, and besides that uh, at the Sudesco social media they can also always send us a, uh, a tweet or a Facebook message and uh, we can pick it up from there we are still a pretty small company so if someone tweets us or me personally they always get an answer like within a couple of hours that's awesome that's the indie spirit I like to hear it yeah. uh, of course this has been Indie Insider, um, where I sit down and chat with indie video game developers, publishers, and industry professionals, uh, such as Hans here, about their projects, their stories, and their advice for others. Uh, of course, this has been Sodesco. Go check out um, Rouse, R-E-U-S. Um, that's the new game out right now. Um, go give them some love, some support. And of course, we'll see you Monday, 1 Pacific Standard Time, next week. Mm-hmm.